0: Hi, this is John, and today on Theocast, Justin and I are together in Knoxville. In the same place. And we're going to do a podcast on... Reflect- Essentially
1: reflecting on 2020. That's right. We've been together today planning for 2021, Theocast-wise, That's right. and we thought, you know, why don't we reflect a little bit on 2020, things that we have learned as pastors, as Christians, as guys, husbands, dads, whatever. And hope that it'll be helpful to the listener. It's a little bit random.
0: Yeah. I will I, tell you that we, kinda, sober. we dig in on maybe you shouldn't hold on to your opinion as much as you think you do. Yeah, we do.
1: We do. Hopefully, you'll be humbled by that as we have been, as we think about our own failures in those ways. So. And as we meander here, there, and everywhere, we hope that you find things that are applicable to your life that are maybe poignant and can point things out in your life but also encourage you. As you think about living life in a fallen world and fighting your sin and trusting Christ and a pandemic and every other thing,
0: we hope it's helpful. So stay tuned for Reflections on 2020. Hey, everyone, if you'd like to help support Theocast, you can do that by leaving us a review on iTunes and subscribing or on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we do have a Facebook group if you'd like to join the conversation. Thanks for listening.
1: Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. Conversations about the Christian life from a Reformed perspective. Our hosts today are together live and in person. We have John Moffat, pastor of Grace Reformed Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and myself, Justin Perdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. But we sit here today in Knoxville, Tennessee sort of in between the two cities, in between Nashville and Asheville, respectively. We are on site at Albright Grove Brewing Company. They've been very kind to us in allowing us to record a podcast in their space. It's a pretty cool venue. So for any of you that live near Knoxville or make your way through here, come check them out. Again, we're appreciative to them. John and I have been spending time together today. I mean, we've been enjoying one another's company. I guess that's fair to say. But we've been working. We've been reflecting on some things for Theocast, but mainly trying to plan for the future and thinking about 2021 as the new year is fast approaching. We're sitting here today in the middle of December. And so we're making a lot of plans for not just the podcast, but things beyond the podcast, the scope of which is exciting for the two of us. And so it's been a really good day, an exciting day. And as we reflect toward the future, we can't help but think, I shouldn't say reflect toward the future, as we think about the future and make plans, we can't help but reflect back on 2020 as we come to the end of this year. And everybody knows that 2020 has been a year, but one of the things that we thought we might do today in recording a podcast, sitting here together over a beer, is to have a pretty easy conversation on the one hand, just a natural conversation about things that we have learned as pastors and as men in the year 2020, yeah, and yeah, who knows where this is going to go? We've <laughs> primed the pump a little bit and, and thrown out one or two things that we've each considered or learned this year, but hold on, yeah. friends, who knows? So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I'm a. In general, it takes a lot to fluster me to, um, to make me feel awkward and put me in a circumstance where I just don't feel comfortable. Mm um there's not very many times that happens and 2020 has has uh shown me new heights of that there are sure. i find myself in situations where i feel i feel very highly uncomfortable in, yeah. in front of unbelievers and believers alike that where normally i would never feel uncomfortable i feel like my skin is crawling and i want to get out of mm. circumstances or conversations or you can feel where the conversation's about to lead by the questions that are being yeah. asked. And the conclusion that I have come to about 2020... Is that you
1: don't want to talk about COVID anymore.
0: Exactly. Um, th- the conclusion I've come to is that people are, are far more mm. in love with their opinions mm. than they probably should be. Yeah. And they're, 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 their opinions tend to be almost on a biblical level. Sure. Right. Their well, thoughts about something. Yeah. They they come at it with such passion. And such vigor. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems like we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Or the deity of Jesus. <laughs> right. Or
1: something like that. No, you're right. We were using the phrase before we recorded married to your opinions. Yeah. And we were saying, yeah, people people probably need to just go and get divorced from those things because it is unhelpful. You're right. I, I think 2020 has revealed how opinionated we all are. And some of our opinions are better than others, and some of our opinions are more or less informed than others. Right. But all of us, I think, would do well to take ourselves a little bit less
0: seriously. Right. Yeah. I don't. Pro- I don't have a problem with people having an opinion. Me either. Because I- they are based on preference, history, yeah, taste, flavor, experience. Uh, but the key to what is what you just said is that people take themselves way too seriously yeah. as it's related to their opinion. Yeah. As if. Um. And, and again, this, I, this is where things, I think, get... get. Uh, from, speaking as a pastor, so this is a conversation about two pastors who happen to be Christians, who struggle with sin, who struggle with their own pride and arrogance. Right. And I realize as I sit back and listen, I was um, speaking with a, with a CEO of a very large company yesterday over dinner, and he was saying that this last year... Just even like on social media, it's so uncomfortable because you say and do the wrong thing, you can yeah. literally blow up your life. It's true. like it's over, yeah, uh, because of your how you miss p- potentially mishandle covid or racism or the, sure. or the election,
1: sure. yeah. I mean, there have been so many things to divide over for Christians in the church this year from covid nineteen and how to approach it how to navigate it corporately, individually, whatever, uh, masks and the whole nine yards. There's been politics in an election year. There's been yeah, a, a supercharged conversation about race and racism, no doubt. And I'm not against opinions at all. I mean, I, I'm a very opinionated person, and I usually have about 17 reasons for every opinion that I have. I mean, you could ask my wife if you don't believe me. I mean, she if she listens to this episode... She would be amening this right now, saying, Yeah, you guys have no idea what I what I live with. It's not necessarily that having opinions are bad, but I think we need to recalibrate our thinking and we need to, to rightly assess the importance of the things that we have opinions about. And we need to do a little bit of triage, you know, like these things are primary things about which we cannot disagree, even in the church. There are secondary things that matter for us to be able to associate together, and then there are other things, frankly, that we need to agree to disagree, and right. we need to love one another in it. and uh, And I think twenty twenty has revealed the fact that we're not very good at doing that.
0: Right. Well, I think. You what, know? Yeah, I think what we do is though uh, we marry convictions and, and opinions.
1: Yeah, w- we we can't differentiate between the two. Right.
0: Yeah. So we assume, um, and and I've seen this where good-hearted, you know, I, and, and one of the things that I'm going to just say this up front. Yeah, I think the church has failed in shepherding and teaching people the difference between your opinion mm. and biblical conviction.
1: Yeah, and by biblical conviction, you would mean doctrine.
0: What I mean is, the Bible says this is wrong.
1: Okay. Yeah. This Which is teaching. Uh, yeah. And, and this is teaching.
0: right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible's very clear. Right. So the, the yeah. Bible is very clear. This is wrong. This is right. And then um, on very complicated situations, we. Uh, we turn it into a theological issue when it really isn't it's an opinion issue i agree issue. with that
1: so i think 2020 has exposed the fact that we and again we are we're christians who happen to be pastors like you said earlier but we're just we're talking as two believers here right um i think 2020 has revealed the fact that we do in a just really unhelpful way, tend to over-spiritualize everything. And we tend to make spiritual and moral issues out of things that are not inherently spiritual or moral. Right. And so, for example, I think of the things that we've already brought up this year, or that have occurred this year, I think the pandemic is is maybe the best illustration of that in terms of how we handle things as a church. I, I know I've had a number of conversations in my own context with people who are really, really wrecked in their own consciences over wearing a mask, or yeah. like wearing a mask in a church service, or, yeah. or things like that. And and it's very clear that for these people um, who are sincere and mean to trust and follow Christ, and are not uh, being angry or or sinful in their disposition, are just mega mega perplexed and troubled, and are concerned that they might be sinning yeah. by by whether or not they wear a mask, or like they may be harming. Um, the corporate worship or harming other people. I mean, it, it becomes this this spiritual concern, at least a moral concern in their minds. And I think one of my jobs as a pastor, one of my tasks as a pastor. I trust you feel this too, has been to try to set people free from that kind of Absolutely. thinking in 2020 to help them see, like, no, the the wearing of a mask, for example, in a church service is not a spiritual issue. It's not an issue of fidelity to Jesus, and it is not a moral issue. That's right. This is a a common sense love of neighbor consideration. And, And I think a lot of times people just need to hear their pastor say that. Yeah. So that they can be set free, but that's a that's one example of how we do turn things into a much bigger deal than they were ever meant to be. And I think you're right; the church has not helped people do that kind of evaluation in their minds and hearts as to what's most important, what is spiritual, what is moral, and what is something else. Right. That we can make decisions about and feel freedom to, to make the best call we can and move forward with our lives, trusting
0: Christ. Right. You know. Well, and I, I know. I'd say masks are just an example. Of an under like the problem didn't happen because there became a mask mandate. The problem was no. already there. Correct. It just exposed it. Right. right. So uh, it was the occasion. We're about for to it. see a new round of issues with the whole vaccination. Oh, bro. Yeah. And you know, I'm really thankful that there are certain. You can't thalo-
1: don't even say that word right now. I,
0: I'm I'm really thankful that there are certain theological websites out there that are giving us science information on how to think about. Yeah, I'm this. really grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, I think we should just draw, probably should not I be dropping inside jokes. I, on the I
1: personally think we should just draw attention to every every potentially divisive
0: cultural issue that we can. <laughs>
1: That's what I think we should do. Right? I think it's good for the church.
0: But here's a great example of what happens when the church um, is not careful, or and I would say, historically speaking, certain theological movements. Um, I am legitimately getting questions from my church members who are covenantal they love our church they're part of the reformed church and they're saying my parents or my siblings my my relatives legitimately think that taking this potential vaccination could be like taking the mark of the beast and that's not a joke they're no, saying they're no, legitimately afraid right yeah. so and I love my dispensational friends i've got a lot of them who listen to this podcast yeah, i've amen. got re- great respect for them and they would not They would deny that. They would get on the microphone and say, no, that's not it. But there's what there's two things that breaks my heart about the pandemic and 2020 in general, and then there's something that makes me um, hopeful. What breaks my heart is that the church really is in a worse spot than we probably realize. Like, you don't understand, like, for instance, a marriage— there's an underlining problem in it and it's not exposed until there's pressure put upon it and then the sure. real state of the marriage comes out. Sure. Right. So I think the real state of people's faith and their theological training and their view of the church and their view of love for one another is coming to the top sure. because of the pressure yeah. that we're feeling. Well, and
1: one initial reaction, and then maybe a, another thought alongside it. Initial reaction, one, praise God, Christ is our righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not saved by our sound theology. Saved by Christ. I mean, praise be to his name. Uh, But I think, you know, one of the things that I have tried to, to discuss with people in having this conversation about not spiritualizing something or not moralizing something that isn't inherently spiritual or moral is to help people understand that motivations do matter on the one hand. So the objective reality of wearing a mask in a church service is not is not a sin and it's not a moral issue. Now, if we were being purely motivated out of fear, fear of man, or if we were just really, really, literally bowing the knee to the government in unhelpful ways, right. letting them dictate to us the practices of our faith, of course those things would be cause for concern. Absolutely. But that's not what we're dealing with. It's not, it's not what people are encountering in their local churches week after week. No. Um, I think, maybe pivoting slightly to this, we we're talking about this earlier, something that I think 2020 has revealed to us individually about ourselves, but is something that we've also seen in others is I think we're all far more selfish than we would ever care to admit. (laughs) Um, And we are very much attached to comfort in our own comfort. And when those things are upset, when things don't go the way that I want them to go, when my rhythms are disrupted and when I now, um, Am not able to do the things that I just want to do. Even whether those are good or bad things is almost irrelevant. Right. Right. But when I can't do what I want to do, man,
0: I don't handle it well. Yeah. Somehow we've equated Christian liberty with personal liberty. Yes. And then what I mean by that, for someone may not understand what I mean.
1: I want to riff on this. Go.
0: (laughs) Go. So Christian liberty means that we were underneath the tyranny of sin; we were a prisoner. And we've been set free from that through the power of the Spirit, and we are no longer the the master of our life. Is now Christ. Amen. We are slaves to Christ, and that's a beautiful thing. Yes, and in Him we are free. Right, and yeah. so we will not allow. You know, Paul says in Colossians, don't allow anybody to basically put a put you back underneath slavery. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And he says the same thing in Galatians five right? one. Right. Yeah
0: we um, we take that and we then turn it into an american freedoms yeah, we and we we can't let the government and and, I, and people think I'm crazy but I'm not I've seen people do this I've I seen you're a little crazy John I well go ahead yeah if you've been listening to Theocast at any amount of time everybody knows I'm crazy crazy about uh whatever I'm going gonna, gonna to let that one go keep your thought going. <laughs> but uh and, and I'm going to try and say this uh in a thoughtful way. Um, I appreciate what America is, what America yeah. stands for. Amen. I do not, um, I'm not proud of our history, no, but I'm proud of our, a lot of uh, right, I'm proud of what we are trying to do, but how we have accomplished it, we're sinners, right? Yeah. There is no nation under the sun that has ever done anything on a moral level that is pure in no. the eyes of God, so... No. If you want to America point, included. Ameri- yeah, yeah. If you want to point to a nation and say they've done it right, you're wrong. They're, they don't right. exist, right? But somehow we have then said our American freedoms are the same as basically when the, our government, is, right, the yeah. government is encroaching on our Christian liberties. And I'm saying, no, no, if you understand when Paul wrote Romans and what they were going underneath, it's right. nothing what we're going underneath. So one way home. that I might say it is
1: that libertarianism is not in the Bible.
0: no. Right.
1: Just like, I mean, I've said this before, too. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to open up a can of anything here, but, you know, it's not that I see capitalism in the Bible or something like that either. Um, But yeah, I think there's been a tremendous confusion, and I've seen this in our our local context and with Christians in our area. There's a tremendous confusion, like you're saying, in Christian liberty and the Christian faith and libertarian thinking from a political perspective. Right. And those two things are not one and the same. No. Yeah, and it's unhelpful when we when we sort of blur those lines and blend those categories, for sure.
0: Right, and, and hopefully you hear the tone of what we're trying to accomplish here. We, we just kind of want to almost hold up a mirror and say, hey, step back a moment. And, reflect. And reflect on, am I looking at this from a personal preference, and I, have, I, have I stamped it with the Bible, or am I truly allowing God's Word to govern how I'm interacting here? Sure. Because I will tell you, the Bible is going to call you more to set down your own preferences a whole lot faster than they are for you to pick them hey, up and defend them.
1: Word, brother, and <laughs> I mean, I know this is a it's a podcast that we talked about recording next year. Um, how the energy in Pietism is always focused inward on me, but the energy in the biblical Christian orientation is always focused outward on neighbor, right. and and I think that we would all do well to remember that too. That you know what we need to be pouring ourselves into is into our brothers and sisters in the faith, into those in close proximity to us whom we are called to love and serve. That's right. And so, if we would get over ourselves on the one hand, right, Right. and and take up the theology of the cross—that we are called to die to ourselves and love others, yeah, and serve others—we would do far better.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting to love someone. To totally jump in here. No, you're good. I do this a lot in marriage counseling. I do this a lot in premarriage counseling. Um, so we tend to love people the way we think they should be loved. Okay. Totally. Yeah. So um, I think you should feel this from me. And so, and if you don't, then you're in the wrong because you didn't accept right. my love. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if the person isn't feeling loved, maybe you should rethink what you're doing. Now, now, and
1: maybe you should rethink
0: them and try to understand them exactly. Yeah, because uh, typically um, to love someone well. You actually do have to die to self. You have to you have to be humble and you have to suppress preference. Yeah. Um, when I when I first got married to my wife, I didn't understand how many preferences I had. Sure. And I clearly didn't see how many she had. (laughs) Yeah. If you're new to Theocast, we have a free ebook available for you called Faith versus Faithfulness, a primer on rest. And if you've struggled with legalism, a lack of assurance, or simply want to know what does it mean to live by faith alone, we wrote this little book to provide a simple answer from a reformed confessional perspective. You can get your free copy at theocast.org/primer. And if you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to help us, you can join one of our support teams. This is a monthly membership where we provide additional content each week and your support is what allows us to keep spreading the good news of resting in Christ. You can learn more at theocast.org.
1: Now, I mean, you're you're talking about like the the, the thing that's sort of underneath so many fights in marriage right. is this issue of preferences and the way that individuals tick and an unwillingness, frankly, to compromise. To compromise and an unwillingness to do the hard work of trying to understand another person. That's right and laying your own preferences aside and saying, no, I'm going to do what's good for him, what's good for her.
0: Right. Uh, or, and no, we right. project, like for instance, if, if I had a brother in Christ tell me, or a sister who said they were a Democrat, we immediately project upon them and assume things about them instead That's of hear them out. Brother, right?
1: I, I, I'm glad you said that. I, I, think m- I aim to make this my posture, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say that I think we all should aim to make something like this our posture. When we hear something like that, Right. Because you're right. I mean, in, in the conservative, like reformed world, uh, to, to say, yeah, I, I voted Democrat is, I think, in some contexts, a shocking statement. Right. And rather than immediately concluding a bunch of things about that individual, we would be far better served and the church would profit if our posture was okay, let me humbly seek to understand my brother or sister who just made that statement. Let me see if I can listen to them well enough and take seriously enough their concerns. It's not just that they're made in the image of God and I need to take them seriously. Yeah. It's no, I need to legitimately listen and take their concerns seriously enough that I could then articulate what they're saying and make good arguments for them. Right. And if I've done that, okay, now I can respond and think and reason with you about, here's why I maybe made a different choice, and here's my first, second, and third reason, we would be helped by those kinds of conversations. Right. Rather than immediately jumping to these really reductionistic, unhelpful conclusions, yeah. where we really do just kind of, I don't know, write people off, and, and we don't seek to understand them.
0: Right, and, and no. to be clear, for those, if this may be your first time listening to Theocast...
1: Yeah, this will be an interesting first episode.
0: No kidding. To, to love someone is not to excuse sin. It's like, for instance, when the Father says to us as children, I love you unconditionally, that's because all that God cannot love about us, or cannot I should say cannot accept about us, has been taken care of in Christ. So when I say you love someone, that doesn't mean you have to... Um, wash over any sin if this is a sin issue. Like, for instance, we had this conversation a couple episodes ago if someone's absolutely demanding for me to accept their position on, let's say, sexuality. And if I don't accept or, their position, they won't feel loved, right. or
1: that abortion is good, right or something.
0: Uh, so, so right. love uh, <laughs> to love someone does not mean I have to fully agree with them. Mm. but it also means that on certain areas that are not. This is why I said it's so important in the beginning. The difference between preference and doctrine, right? Right. Is this a doctrinal issue or is right. this a preference issue that I can set aside?
1: Right. And I mean, we don't need to rehash old things and talking about politics. But I think the assumption should be made: you should assume good of your brothers and sisters. So, if somebody were to say to you, for example, "I did vote Democratic," and you understand that the Democratic Democratic Party platform is Pro abortion and pro LGBTQ, et cetera, you should not immediately assume that that person was voting for that candidate because of those things, right. but they were voting that way in spite of those things. Right. And again, I think to assume well of one another is something that we should do biblically, mm-hmm. and, and then we should seek to understand each other. And you're exactly right that what we are not advocating for is to just dismiss sin or act like it's not a big deal or to try to call something that's wrong right. That's not what we mean. And I think that needs to be cleared up immediately. We talk a lot about grace on this podcast. And we get shot at on occasion, Mm -hmm. you know, as being like whatever, hyper grace guys. And I don't have time to get upset about how that's a misnomer and you can't overemphasize grace biblically. But I think what exists out there commonly in the church is a misunderstanding of what grace is. Right. So some people think that grace is a methodology in which we call things that are wrong right. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. grace exists because there is real wrong. I think right. we, we talked about this recently in one of our episodes on sin. Grace exists because there is real wrong and we all do it, and we are in need of something that we don't have, namely righteousness. And we only can receive that through the unmerited favor, the grace of God applied to us by the mechanism of faith as we look to Christ who has done these things for us. Right. And anyway, I, I just want to kind of be clear on that for no, maybe I, a new listener. I think listener. it's a
0: huge point, though. Uh, grace, grace covers our sins, but it does not excuse them,
1: and it doesn't make them right.
0: No, exactly. Absolutely. And I think this—I get is, upset when people talk like this. I know, I know you do. It really does. It works me <laughs> up. I know it does. Um, so going back to—I I, think—so we've done a lot of criticism, and so I want to—I want to kind of help you maybe think through some of this. Um, w- what is the goal of what? So if we find ourselves so so. Uh, me, you and Justin, sorry me, you and Jimmy all have opinions about a lot of things, right true how churches should be run the, uh, let me say that differently uh, We have opinions about things that are non theological and we have very strong right. strong opinions on those certainly um when it comes to being able to unify in a family, my wife and I have had to make compromises on our preferences because it had to, someone has to compromise, otherwise there can't be unity. Like you can't have it's you true. can't have two people wanting to go in two opposite directions and assuming that you're going to walk step in step, right? Keep going, <laughs> right? So how is it that we as believers can demonstrate mercy? So let me go back to uh, Ephesians chapter four. He says, uh, "Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all meekness and patience and gentleness," right? I think you can hold your opinion and even have a meaningful conversation with someone when it is presented with meekness and patience and gentleness. That does not mean passive. That doesn't mean passionless. It doesn't mean weak. And it doesn't mean weak. Meekness is not weakness, no, right? It's not. It means that you are being generous and kind and patient towards the person to whom you are engaging yeah. and, and, um, Unfortunately, Justin, you and I have talked about this. There are churches who are just absolutely splitting right down the middle. Oh, sure. And it breaks my heart because the mission of the church should be one of unity so that the yeah. gospel can advance, so that sinners can find the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is that the church, the world is unfortunately looking at the church very confused at the moment, saying, man, it, it, this seems like they are more passionate about something other than who they say they are, which is Jesus.
1: Yeah, I I think... I I, I know I have to be careful with to broad broad, sweeping... I want to be careful on how I say this, too. But I think you're right. I think that in many situations, in many church contexts, 2020 has been something, with everything contained therein, has been an occasion to expose perhaps the fact that our unity in the church doesn't run as deep as we would have thought. Right and i think you have seen that many christians are very happy and very ready maybe not happy that's unfair but are very ready to divide over things that are honestly john tertiary issues of theological consideration at best <laughs> right so tertiary just to be clear there's primary secondary and tertiary so like we're right. talking kind of peripheral stuff that's right and there's a confusion of categories that exist for many but people seem ready to divorce themselves from and, and divide from you know a local church context where they seemed otherwise happy and content to be because of these considerations and that's a sadness I agree with you right and I mean I think John you know the prescription for what ails us is to continue to herald Christ, and his finished work and his righteousness in the place of sinners, and to rally people around Jesus. You know, there's a lot of things that we can get people geeked up about that are pretty good, mm-hmm. but there's only one thing that's great and ultimate, you know, and, and that is Christ and what he's done for us. And obviously, we've got to have doctrinal solidarity, and there needs to be a confession that we would adhere to, and, and we've got to agree about stuff to have a church together. But I think as pastors, we need to take it very seriously. And as Christians who are members of local churches, we need to take it seriously that we are unified around Christ. You know, and around doctrine that really is clearly derived straight from Scripture, and we are willing to charitably disagree about other stuff yeah. to demonstrate where our unities actually lie. Right. And I, I I'll say personally, I, I'm fine to, to, to boast in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done by His Spirit in our own local congregation. That I am mega encouraged by the saints of Covenant Baptist Church and the unity that that clearly seems to exist in our congregation. I'm yeah. thankful for that, and that is certainly not because of me. It's because of what the Lord has done. And I I trust you would say the same thing and have even to me today that, you know, in the midst of a, a year where this is not true in a lot of congregations, I'm very thankful yeah. that we are unified around the Lord Jesus Christ and are seeking imperfectly but sincerely to love each other and understand each other.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So one other observation, which we we've mentioned this a little bit, but there's a an additional thought I've had on this from other podcasts. Um I've never uh, really been involved with uh, politics very much. Uh, you probably more than me, probably just from conversations we've had. And I realized I needed to be a little bit more. Do you aware. mean just
1: like thinking and talking about them and things? that? Yeah, like, that? like yeah, just,
0: okay. just politics in general. Yeah. And I know your time up at Capitol Hill. Yeah, I, was, I lived in D.C. That. for a period of time. Yeah. I've always and, liked history. Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, and so this year, I I definitely engaged way more in politics than I have in the past. Uh just so I could learn how to shepherd my church better, sure, um, make good decisions based upon what I think is about to come down the pipeline. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things I discovered was, um, now, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of reasons why, and this is probably a whole nother podcast, but uh, unfortunately, and again, it really makes me sad that a lot of Christians put trust in governmental systems. True. for their protection yeah. and their spiritual like journeys going forward as far as like if if America doesn't do things this way, then this is what's going to happen to the church. Now, listen, I, yeah. I am in no shape or form wanting to be underneath a persecuted state. I just no. don't. I don't no. want to. We,
1: well, brother, we should not wish that upon ourselves, and we shouldn't pray for that. We should pray that we can live quiet, peaceful, and godly lives.
0: Right. But we should also not live in fear. Of course not. Because no. God's church is not dictated by any human being no in the history of man right right so god's church will always go forward because it's again think about the title of it it's sure. it's, God, it's god's church sure um and what what is again where I, where i see this division that people have taken their political views and basically said if you vote for this candidate or if you hold these perspectives then you are going to put the church in harm or in a, in a compromising position And which may be very true. Uh well, it could make things different than they are mm-hmm. now. But I don't ever think you can put the church in a compromising position because the world cannot dictate and I know what you meant. The I, world, I meant
1: just in terms of our freedoms to right. assemble and right. Uh,
0: but the world cannot dictate the advancement of the church because no. that is wrought well, by the spirit of God, not by hey, any human organization. Amen,
1: brother. I mean, and just as I said earlier, we ought never pray for persecution. No, you know, we ought never pray for trials. I mean, those are things that God they're, does. They're promised. We God don't need does to pray ordain for those things. <laughs> But we are to pray, in fact, for peace and yeah. and those kinds of things to reign. Uh, and we would never sign up for persecution or never sign up for trials. But if it does come our way, the Lord will use it. And the Lord has grown His church through suffering for two thousand years.
0: That's right. And
1: I mean, I mean that that is clear as day. And we will endure, and we will press on. And I mean, I'm I'm happy to say this. I think even over the airwaves, like this, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I I took some heat for some of the things that I wrote around the election. You know, encouraging charity and stuff like this. And at the same time, uh, I want to be really clear. Like our our elders have led our church to try to, in a good way, submit to the authority that we're under. You right. know, in a Romans thirteen way. And at the same time, our elders right now. I mean, we live in a state where restrictions are being tightened back down, and we have been very clear with our congregation that we have no plans of stopping gathering, and we will we will be responsible but we're going to continue to meet. We do not understand that at this point we are at the place of civil disobedience, but it may come to that. And if right. it does, we will try to reflect well and think about all related concerns. But we want the people to know that the assembly's not going anywhere. So, I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ
0: will build his church, man. Right. And and that's, and that's I'm kind with of what, you on that. Right. And that's yeah. what I was kind of getting at is that...
1: And we're just going to keep trusting him and, and being responsible. Well, and yeah. And we're going to keep meeting.
0: Look, so Paul and Peter says... We're not going to be governed by fear. Yeah, Second Peter says, you're gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. Don't add to it through your stupidity of sin. Right. Right. You so, will so
1: don't first 1 Peter 1, 1.4. Right. You know, like don't be surprised when you encounter <laughs> sufferings of various kinds. Right. As though something strange is happening to you. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. And so uh, all of that to say is that. Uh, and part of what Theocast is designed for and, and really what this conversation is wh- where I want to lead it to for the next few minutes is that— I have one
1: other thought, but anyway, I'm not going to try to derail your train. Go. No,
0: well, you can throw it in there. I'm, well, I'm sure it'll be great. Well, um, debatable. My, my encouragement to the person who lives in this constant state of fear, right, that there's anxiety that upon them that that the the government's going to collapse in on us and and Christ's work is going to stop. And Yeah, it won't. Right. And I just don't want you to say, well, great, John, you have that confidence. But I, I want you to understand from a historical standpoint, we look at the church in the New Testament and we read about the persecution. I mean, read there. the book of Acts. Man. Right. They were Holy underneath smokes. tremendous amounts of persecution. And God. And the Lord grew their number by 5,000 that day. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, even, and even like these, the, uh, when Peter's in prison and they're all praying and Peter shows up at the door. Right, And they're like, what are you doing here? It's like, you were praying for me to be set free. Um, And my encouragement is that what what we're doing, which is emphasizing the finished work of Christ, finding people who are exhausted by sin, leading them to find rest Mm -hmm. in Jesus, finding people who are exhausted by the evangelical train, pulling them off and leading them to trust in Christ, all of that is only going to increase in advance because that's the promise that God Amen, gives us. Yeah. So, well said. vote responsibly, live responsibly, sure. but put your hope in something that obviously Amen. is not founded on a government.
1: Brother, the government is nobody's savior. No, you know? and it is a poor one. Right, and I don't want to I say mean, that in a
0: condescending way. No, I'm not, I, I want you to hear no, me either. saying the Bible actually does speak to this that sure. our foundation is, is so solid in Christ that it you know we could be all you, know, you actually you look at persecuted countries right now and Christianity is exploding.
1: There. It's thriving. Yeah. Well, look at I mean in the West and we don't need to go like into a history lesson here, but in the West Where there have been more personal freedoms and liberty and the like, you see that Christianity is largely on the decline, right? In terms of like biblical, robust Christianity, right? Where it used to thrive, where Scotland and in place, yeah, and in in Europe in general, uh, but in particular, I mean, you think of places like the UK, and you think about America. uh, I mean, yeah, Christianity is not doing well. in terms of a robust confessional biblical Christianity, in terms of numerical growth, right? But in other areas of the world where there is not as much liberty, right? not as much freedom. I mean, think about, you know, sub-Saharan Africa. Think about China. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, uh, the church is growing like crazy. Right. And, and so, yeah, we need not fear about the growth of the church. And, and as you said very well, brother, I mean, put our hope in something that is solid rock, you know, that is not, Ebbing and flowing, but that is never changing, and that's the faithfulness of God. I
0: mean, you use know. use the whole entire of the Old Testament and Israel as an example, where God is sure. using—he legitimately is. This is the nation of God, right? I mean, this is, God is their is their king, and yeah, in a in, legitimate theocracy, right? Yeah. And they fail yeah. miserably, and God still accomplishes salvation. Amen. Right? Well,
1: and that's so much as it's the story of redemption, right? The people fail. And God overcomes that failure, that's right, yeah, and he and he's going to save his people, so Maybe we, one we
0: are safe, yeah, the amen. church is safe, it may not it may not look like it did last year yep. or the last ten years, and we may not live in the comfortable state we used to live in, who knows, yeah, but well, obviously we're all going to die some kind of death, right, <laughs> and it's not going to be pretty. But that doesn't mean God's mission and plan is not being accomplished. Amen. Nothing's going to yeah. stop him. Right. So anyways, you were yeah, going right.
1: No, maybe one other thought in reflecting on 2020 before we end the regular portion of the podcast. I just want to say, like, I think 2020 has reminded me and taught me anew of how much I love and how much I need the corporate gathering.
0: Yeah.
1: Holy smokes. Yeah. Like. It is that, that season of time where we weren't meeting at all as a church because, I, I mean, we don't own our own facility. And so, right, so we it. had no opportunity to meet anywhere for a period of time. And then we met outside for a while and have been at inside since late October. Uh, even with the, the COVID protocol and everything else, it is just so good to right. assemble and be together. And, you know, I, this is my own personal opinion. I'm a pessimist by nature, but I think most people that I talk to who are even pessimistic like me, Think that a year from now, you know, things probably look different in God. terms of our ability to gather and not have as many restrictions and stuff. And, um, you know, maybe sooner than that. And so I really look forward to yeah. the days to be able to gather, you know, without masks on, to be able to see people's faces uh, and, and the rest. And in the meantime, brother, it is worth it. Wherever you are, whatever your locale and your state is is requiring and all those kinds of things, that's for you and your elders to navigate, but it is worth it to gather. Yeah. And the Lord is the great overcomer. That's he right. overcomes every distraction that we bring in with in with us on Sundays. He overcomes our burdens and our sins. He can certainly overcome some masks, mm. you know, and can minister to us through the ordinary means of grace, can meet us in our desperation. He can build us up. He can sustain and confirm and strengthen us. I mean, and he does that. And uh it has been a great privilege for me to gather with the saints of CBC in recent weeks, even inside in a new space. And, and I look forward to continuing to do that.
0: Yeah, amen. Yeah. Good so, times.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's a few reflections from a couple of uh, broken sinners, a couple of guys who are trusting Christ and happen to be pastoring churches as we have been planning today for the future, but also reflecting on the year that's passed. And that's a good thing for us to do as mortal Creatures who are finite, as we worship and serve an infinite God, and we look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. When, yeah. like the the fear and, and the, you know the, the thought of bad news, it, it just will go away. <laughs> you know there will be no more bad news. There will be no other shoes dropping ever. Yeah. and we will be with God, and it's going to be epic. So, yeah. Anyway, we're going to make our way over now to the members podcast. I trust we're going to do it here on site. Together, who knows what we're going to talk about who knows well I, I do have go. one word oh, please. I mean, yeah, yeah man yeah. absolutely
0: a little bit of a downer podcast um just more I, I think we're just trying to help maybe people think through some things sure uh the but,
1: mood is somber in here, yeah <laughs> <It's> dimly
0: lit <laughs> yeah um cool cool space it's a very lit. cool space dreary day in Knoxville it's been raining all day yeah um you know my encouragement to this podcast most likely is I guess coming out in January uh there there are a lot of listeners I know who are. Are really down,
1: yeah. Let's you know. talk about that for a minute yeah. before we go to the members. Area. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're um, uh, I'm to not get emotional here. Um, we get some very complicated emails. We do questions through social media. and Some very um, transparent emails too. Oh man, so yeah. transparent. Um, yeah, and you know my encouragement to the listener that there, there are many people who just they're they're in, in between churches or their church isn't meeting and they they're, they're experience, they hear Justin talk about his church and their thought is which
1: is far from perfect by the way
0: right yeah. and their thought is if i could have a tenth of that it would feed my soul maybe so right you know yeah. like um and 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 i and, I, and I understand that and i feel that and my my encouragement to you is that there is there's is much to be done there is much that's going on the frustration that you feel is is legitimate sure. you are not alone you you know Justin and I can tell you at one point we all felt this this angst within us like something's off something's wrong something sure. needs to change and it's over a lot of pain and a lot of trial and a lot of circumstances that we find ourselves here today and um and I will tell you that um You know there there is a hope that is outside of your circumstance and the (laughs) the one thought i want to leave you alone with when it when it comes to 2020 is that what we experienced yesterday is not tomorrow's hope right right. god tells us that this world should never bring you hope there's nothing in this world that can uh (laughs) everything you have turns into dust Mm -hmm. right and if I learned anything about 2020, it reminded me that there is no value in putting any yeah. hope in this world. And so true. my encouragement to you is continue to read, listen, find a good church yeah. that will point you past this life and find that hope in Christ.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, who will bring you, you know, and resurrect you to eternal life with God and you know, who is, who is gentle and tender and kind to you. In the midst of your struggle and your pain, who entered into this wasteland called fallen earth and knows what it's like to suffer. I mean, he is not remote and distant in any way. That's right. And when we sin, his heart is moved with compassion toward us. He yeah. is not angry with us. Um, he is not distancing himself with us when we struggle. If anything, he draws nearer. Mm. You Second know? And, Peter. And he loves yeah. us. Second Peter
0: and, cast your anxieties yeah. on him because, because he, he cares, cares for, for you.
1: you. Yeah. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, yeah. and I'll give you rest, right? I mean, this is this is our savior. He does not break bruised reeds, he doesn't quench smoldering wicks. That's right. I know, say yeah. He is Amen. gentle and tender, and he loves us. And That's so right. trust in Christ, pray to your father in heaven, and continue to fight the fight That's of right. the Christian life as we move into 2021. That's right. So with that, we are going to transition over to the members' area. And I have a feeling it's going to be maybe a, a grab bag of topics over there. We'll see. Uh, we hope that that it will be encouraging to you. If you don't know what the Members Podcast is, you can find more information about that on our website, which is theocast.org. We're going to have some updates to the website coming soon. may already be live yeah, by this maybe. time. And those are exciting to us. We hope that they are exciting. And helpful to you, we are thankful for all of you who are listening who partner with Theocast to spread this message of rest in Christ as far and as wide as possible. And if you're not yet partnering with us, please consider doing. That. Yeah, help us um, with and your prayers for and us through 2020. Yeah, and with your downloads and with <laughs> so, your money, uh, we are right. unashamed to ask for that. So anyway, we're going to head over to the Members Podcast. We'll talk with many of you there. We look forward to talking with you again in the regular podcast format next week. All right.